48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, mainland health officials will begin arriving tomorrow to help boost the SAR's coronavirus testing efforts. The chief executive says she regrets a short-lived policy banning dine-in services at restaurants at lunchtime. And activists say they're shocked by reports that they're wanted by the police for breaking the new national security law. Seven mainland health officials will arrive in Hong Kong tomorrow, the first members of a 60-strong team that's being sent here to help boost testing for COVID-19. The National Health Commission in Beijing says that the team is made up of people working in Guangdong public hospitals. A further six experts from Wuhan who have experience of building temporary hospitals there will come to the SAR to help transform part of the Asia World Expo Convention Centre into a facility for coronavirus patients. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she regrets her government's short-lived move to ban people from dining in restaurants at lunchtime after seeing workers forced to eat in the street. Candace Wong has more. In a commercial radio interview, the CE says she and her cabinet felt very embarrassed after making an abrupt U-turn on their decision to extend a ban on dining in restaurants at night to cover the full day. The ban was implemented on Wednesday, but last just two days amid complaints that many blue-collar workers had literally nowhere to eat. The CE says she feels bad that the move harmed grassroots people like construction workers whom she cared a lot about. She admitted that her government had got the balance of the policy wrong. Mrs Lam also says Beijing may help to build a temporary hospital here after she sought the central government's assistance to tackle the SAR's new COVID-19 outbreak. She couldn't say how many mainland workers would be sent here. She said the local authorities are studying whether testing could be expanded on a large scale, including whether everyone in Hong Kong could be tested. Meanwhile, Mrs Lam remained defiant over her decision to postpone next month's Legislative Council election by a year. She said she did it due to public health considerations and she believes public opinion is on her side. She again stressed that there were no political considerations for the move. She cited the fact that last year's District Council elections went ahead, despite the fact that the pro-government camp's heavy defeat was expected. The hospital authority says two more COVID-19 patients have died, bringing the total to 29. They were a 79-year-old man who was being treated at Queen Elizabeth Hospital and an 89-year-old woman who was in Junmun Hospital. Both had chronic illnesses. Several activists have expressed surprise after learning that they're on a wanted list of people suspected of breaking the SAR's new national security law. State media reported overnight that police had issued arrest warrants for the six, all of whom are overseas. Joanne Wong has more. One of the six, Samuel Chu of the Hong Kong Democracy Council, said he had been an American citizen for almost 25 years, and he was effectively suspected of lobbying his own government. He said he might be the first non-Chinese citizen to be targeted, but would not be the last. Another of the suspects, Ray Wong, said he had announced last year that he no longer supported Hong Kong independence. He said the arrest warrant must relate to activities from before the law took effect. 
This, he said, must be an indication that the law applies retroactively. Mr. Wong was granted asylum in Germany. Another of the activists, Wayne Chan, declined to say which country he was in, but told the Reuters news agency that the situation faced by Hong Kongers was more dangerous than his own circumstances. Others on the list are disqualified former lawmaker Nathan Law and former British consulate worker Simon Chang and activist Honkus Laos. President Trump has said he plans to ban the Chinese-owned video sharing app TikTok in the United States. American security officials have expressed concern about the safety of users' personal data. BBC's Rory Gallimore reports. Speaking to reporters on board Air Force One, Mr Trump suggested the ban was imminent. He said he could sign an executive order as soon as Saturday. TikTok, used by hundreds of millions of people around the world, is owned by one of China's largest tech companies, ByteDance. It fiercely denies accusations that it hands over users' data to the government in Beijing. TikTok has already been banned by India, which, like Washington, is engaged in an increasingly bitter series of disputes with China. Microsoft has reportedly been in talks to buy the app, but Mr Trump appeared to cast doubt that an American company would be allowed to purchase it. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The leader of a South Korean religious sect at the centre of the country's early coronavirus outbreak has been arrested for allegedly obstructing efforts to contain the disease. BBC's Will Leonardo has the story. Lee Man-hee, the founder of the Shincheonji Church of Jesus, is accused of submitting false information about the location of gatherings in February and the number of attendees. Then the world's eyes were fixed on South Korea, where the first large-scale coronavirus outbreak outside China was spreading rapidly. In total, around 4,000 followers were infected with the disease. At one time, they represented more than half of all the country's cases. In March, Mr Lee apologised for his group's role in transmitting the virus, kneeling on the floor and bowing deeply during a news conference. Speaking about the decision to bring him into custody, a judge said there'd been signs that evidence related to the probe was being destroyed, and this may have continued. The top infectious diseases expert in the United States has said he's confident a US-developed coronavirus vaccine will be available by early next year. Dr Anthony Fauci told a congressional committee a late-stage trial involving some 30,000 volunteers looked promising. There's never a guarantee that you're going to get a safe and effective vaccine. But from everything we've seen now in the animal data, as well as the early human data, we feel cautiously optimistic that we will have a vaccine by the end of this year and as we go into 2021. So I don't think it's dreaming, Congresswoman. I believe it's a reality and will be shown to be a reality. More than a thousand people a day have died from the disease in the U.S. this week. U.S. prosecutors have charged three people in connection with a hacking attack on Twitter two weeks ago. A 17-year-old from Florida is suspected of being the mastermind behind the plan. The Florida state attorney, Andrew Warren, gave more details about the charges against him. He gained access to Twitter accounts and to the internal controls of Twitter through compromising a Twitter employee. He sold access to those accounts. He then used the identities of prominent people to solicit money in the form of Bitcoin, promising in return that he would send back twice as much Bitcoin. He then collected and, of course, never gave back the Bitcoin that he received from the victims. 
To sport and in soccer, Arsenal take on Chelsea in the first English FA Cup final to be played behind closed doors in the competition's 139 years tonight. Both managers won the competition as players and can claim their first piece of silverware as coaches with victory at Wembley. We can hear from both managers in a moment Frank Lampard of Chelsea, but first Mikel Arteta of Arsenal. I always say that is for me the most beautiful day in, in English football. The, the last game of the, of the season, everybody's waiting, everybody's watching and the atmosphere at Wembley with two half of, of that stadium with different color is incredibly beautiful to play and it's a shame that we cannot enjoy that moment. It still means the same thing because a trophy or a title like this is uh, is one that either stays with you for life or you're pr- pretty quickly forgotten if you're a losing finalist. Of course you'd love the fans to be there. Our fans have been great for us all season. I'm sure Arsenal will stay the same um, and love days like this to come and support their team. In tennis, the former world number one, Andy Murray, has said that players breaking the so-called bio-bubble regulations at next month's US Open at Flushing Meadows should be severely punished. The event is due to begin on August the 31st without spectators, although further details of the health and safety plans have not been released. Murray says players need to be kept in line. We should be preparing for that, and that's where it's really important. I think that the repercussions of, of doing that should be quite serious because you obviously end up putting the whole tour and event, you know, at, at risk. You know, the USA obviously going through a huge effort to, to try to get this on and make it as safe as possible. That players aren't abiding by the rules, and the repercussions should be severe. In Formula One, Alexander Albon suffered a heavy crash in his Red Bull as Lance Stroll's racing points set the pace in second practice at the British Grand Prix. Mercedes pair Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton were only third and fifth, struggling with the windy conditions and balance on the soft tyres. Hamilton has a five-point lead over his teammate after three races. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Mainland health officials will begin arriving tomorrow to help boost the SAR's coronavirus testing efforts. The chief executive says she regrets a short-lived policy banning dine-in services at restaurants at lunchtime. And activists say they're shocked by reports that they're wanted by the police for breaking the new national security law. That's the news from RTHK. RTHK And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes of interest. First, our featured new album from Miami-based Tex-Mex band, The Mavericks. They're celebrating their 30th anniversary in Spanish. And a selection of hot new hits from a lot of other places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first hit from a lot of other places on the planet, uh, i.e. Paris, with uh, Philippe Catherine. And he's accompanied by Angèle. And appropriately enough, the track is called Duo, or Duo. It's uh, on a track list of Confessions, his next album that will appear, that has appeared in November last year. And uh, Angèle is a vocalist who's uh, accompanied Mr. Philippe Catherine, a.k.a. Philippe Blanchard, uh, his birth name, singer, songwriter, interpreter, actor, producer, and French writer. 
He started off with electro music, uh, dipping into chanson française, and has been recording since uh, the year 2000, mostly. And he's made music for soundtracks to movies, and he's written a few books as well uh, along the way. He's been an actor, he's been a director as well, uh, of his own videos, of course. So, Philippe Catherine, award-winning Philippe Catherine, here he is with Angèle and Duo. On a le même tempo, mais pas le même pattern. On a le même tempo, mais pas le même pattern. On a le même tempo, mais pas le même pattern. On a le même tempo, mais pas le même pattern. Philippe Catherine, together with Angèle and the duo Electro Chanson. We go now to uh, the first track of our featured album from uh, The Mavericks. They were celebrating last year their 30th anniversary uh, with a collection of their greatest uh, hits and covers. This year, they're going one step further, especially with the coronavirus lockdown. They're from Miami. Uh, they were formed there in 1989. 